The snow gently descends from the skies down to the mountain town of Grace Falls. In the busy but quaint residential side, the locals are closing down their shops. The gondolier that takes people to the top of the mountain is just finishing up its last trip to return tourists to their inns, lodges, and hotels. The sun is waning, and as the last townsfolk and last tourists return to their domiciles for the evening, the gondolier shuts down fully, and the lights begin to shut off on the slope to the touristy side of town. As we follow the lights shutting down one by one up the slope, we pass over the main resort and small cabins at the top, and continue up the mountain a little further and turn as we see a cabin not visible to the folks below. A clearly shaken up man is inside looking out the door. He nervously glances at the sun, slowly going down across the ledge. He looks to his friend, Alexei, talking to another man at the end of the porch. Alexei, you know your mission. Now is the time. Hmm, I know. It's just... He looks back at his friend inside. I am afraid of what will happen to him when I'm gone. I'm not sure he can take care of himself. <laughs> Alexei, he's ready to hold this location if things go south. Rass and I wouldn't ask this of either of you if we didn't think you were ready. Now is the time. We're setting the groundwork for everything. Can I trust you to get to the cave on your own? There is a moment of silence. Don't make me ask again. You won't like what happens if you don't do your part. Alexei looks one last time at his friend inside. Duh. I'm ready. Good. Get to the cave. I've got a headies to do my part. He smiles and walks around the side of the house and disappears. Alexei doesn't turn back again. The man inside the house bolts the locks on the door and watches the sun completely dip behind the horizon. For a moment, there is utter darkness other than the light inside the cabin and the few lights in the town below. Not even the stars or moon above seem to shine. And then there is a horrific cry from somewhere deep within the mountain, and the man quickly shuts the blinds, sits in his chair, and stares at the door. everyone and welcome to myth takes it is the final introductory arc of the whole shebang and we are going to be introducing the last set of characters and bringing them in to the fold uh as always i am colin parker and today i am joined by Lindsay nelson hello hello i'm joined by alex taylor hello hello i'm joined by michael palmer hello 
Hello. And I am joined by Naomi Muowo. Hello. Hello. Uh, and I already said my name. I almost, I almost did the, and I'm Colin Parker again. All right. So, um, I call it Parker. <laughs> and it's very much, if you ever watch the Rooster Teeth podcast and I'm Gus, sorry, I'm Gus, 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 Gus. All right, here we go. So, uh, I think that sometimes we spend a little too much time, uh, getting into it, but there is something important that we need to do before we hop in. It's been a while since most people have heard from these characters, so, in the same order that we introduced ourselves, why don't we do just a very quick, like, 30-second to one-minute rundown of of who our characters are. So, basically, just kind of, like, description. You don't have to go through every move set that you picked, um, but maybe just sort of, like, a, a general idea of who the characters are so that everyone can keep um, everybody together or keep, um, keep them, what's the word for it, uh, like, relevant in people's minds so everyone knows who everyone is. Uh, so, Lindsay, you're first. All right. So, I am Noctis, who is, um, my class is the Summoned, which is that my character was created as part of a ritual to start the apocalypse. Um, so, I have an almost human body, but my eyes and hair are blackness, like not the color, they're just darkness. And um, I have fingers that are extra long with like another joint in them. Um, and I, uh, wear a big coat to hide myself because I'm freakish looking. Uh, and I don't remember much of anything. I'm like really new. I'm in the early Victor Frankenstein just abandoned me as his creature stage of like (laughs) wandering around and figuring out the world. Um, but I am not, for making the apocalypse happen because I really like the world because I sort of remember not existing and not being able to have any sensory experiences and I have a lot of fun with sensory experiences so I'm I'm for the apocalypse not happening. Uh that was a perfect little description and also I love that you said that you are Frankenstein's monster uh considering <laughs> this has just been named Frankenstein teen uh, instead of 2019. <laughs> so very, very perfect timing to be bringing this all in. Uh, Alex, well, I'm always oh, ready to make a Mary Shelley reference. So. Oh, oh, that's so true. I know that you guys love, uh, love her over on uh, Historical Hotties. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. She's a patron saint for me, Mary Shelley. That actually reminds me, because people have probably been away a while. Why don't we also real quick say where you're from, like what show you're from and where people can find you. I am from Historical Hotties, which is a show that I co-host with my sister, Whitney Nelson. And we take different categories of historical figure, like our most recent episode was balloonists, aeronauts. And we take them from any point in history and try and figure out which is the biggest babe. God, that's such a great pitch. And what a great show that is. Uh, Alex, um, let's hear about your character and where you're from and where people can find you, you know, like on the network and stuff. Yeah, so uh, my character's name is Mr. Buck Harrison. He's a professional. He's been hunting monsters through government programs for a few decades. Um, He's been doing the job long enough to not get phased by shenanigans, but still isn't totally used to all the weird shit. Um, He has prior experience with field medicine, but stress smokes. And yeah, that is Buck Harrison in a nutshell. So I am from the show Journey Under 30 with Mr. Colin Parker, and now apparently um, Myth Takes. And I also live stream music making under the name French Alexander. Love it. Uh, another really great pitch. Um, Journey to 30 is a fun show that you and I do that yeah. we need to record an episode of because 
Oh, whoops. The first episode of the year was technically supposed to be on the first, but I was like, that's not happening. So no. that'll be another discussion <laughs> for after this episode is done being recorded. <laughs> uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, that's actually literally what that whole show is all about. Uh, Michael Palmer, <laughs> let's hear about you and your character and everything like that. All right. So my character's name is, is Mikhail Dimitriov. He is a Russian man who is... Uh, I don't even remember. Uh, that's why we're he's here. Russian. He's an initiate. He's an initiate. I don't yes, think I wrote that down. Right. For you, sorry. Um, so basically, he's he's more or less a member of the Illuminati, um, which and actually, uh, uh, his sect is the I believe it's pronounced Osvishenye, which actually roughly translate to Illumination right. or something like that. Um, Can I ask you a quick question? Did you remember that without looking down at the bottom of that piece of paper? Possibly. That was awesome. <laughs> if you did so, that's impressive. Uh, to any of our Russian viewers, I'm sorry. <laughs> y- you're going to be very mad at me through this entire arc. Um, yeah, I mean, he's kind of morally gray. And he does he, good things, he does bad things. Um, yeah. That's right. And real quick, give us a, the description of what he looks like, because I enjoy the way that you describe him. Yeah, uh, the best the best way I can describe it is he looks like Daniel Craig. He's like, oh, he's ru- he's just Russian Daniel Craig. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Um, and uh, where what are you usually doing on here on the network? Uh, usually, I do gameplay videos with um, Colin, Alex, Graham, and the rest of the Scavengers Network family, including Naomi over here. Um, we. Yeah, we play whatever we want to. Uh, normally, we like to do you know party games, Fibbage, um, stuff like that. God, those games are fun. <laughs> the newest party pack has a new game that, oh man, I can't wait to play that one. It's it's fun. I mean, with you guys, I've played it with like family and stuff. But all right, and last but certainly not least, Naomi. Hello. Tell us about your wonderful character and uh, what you do. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so my character's name is Vera Wilson, and she's 25, and her pronouns are, as you can hear, she slash her, and I hate pants. <laughs> A lot. I don't know why I'm wearing pants right now. <laughs> Both in real life and as a character. Uh-huh, what? I was saying as a character and in real life. Correct. Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, my eyes sparkle. I don't know yet what that means. Maybe it's like, I don't know, I'm trying to look into your soul or something. So you're a and, vampire. Oh, I'm a spell slinger. <laughs> yeah, I like magic. Yes. Like magic? Yeah. And it's great uh, because we've basically found out during her little character creation episode that uh, this was all just a... Uh, giant like skyrim joke employee which i think was fantastic the moment where alex goes wait a minute is this just skyrim and naomi just like laughed and was like maybe (laughs) um so that's fantastic so that's everyone and then i am the keeper uh i basically play everyone else within the story um my whole agenda is to make the world seem real play to see what happens and to make hunters lives dangerous and scary that being said i'm also a you know fan of your characters so 
Um, a you know NPC might lie, but you know if there is a question that is asked to a DM or keeper, rather, um, there are no lies there. Uh, so why don't we get into the heart and thick of everything? Um, let's see here. Let me go over to my little Google Drive folder here. I mean, uh, Doc, here we go. Uh, so before we hop off, uh, Michael, this one's for you. When you are in good standing with your sect at the beginning of each mystery, you must roll plus charm. Uh, okay. Um, oh, yeah. And bring up your random roll die uh, people thing. Um, on a 10 plus, they provide some useful info or help in the field. On a seven to nine, you get a mission associated with the mystery. And if you do it, you'll get some info or help on a miss. They'll ask you to do something bad. If you fail a mission or refuse an order, you'll be in trouble with the sect until you atone. Um, I don't think we have yet to discuss how you would atone, but I think that that is something that we would cross that bridge when we get to it, because I think it probably definitely depends on what the mission or order being refused, like what the consequences of that would be, you know, like how, how big was the mission sort of situation. Um, so yeah, so roll two D six for me and add your charm. Okay. Mm. Hang on. (laughs) Probably should have had this ready. Suspense is killing me. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Uh, should I be using any, I'm sorry. Or I can roll for you because I already have one up. Sure, go for it. Ooh. Um, <laughs> That's a one. What's your cool? Uh, my cool? Yeah. Zero. Okay. Oh, uh-oh. Isn't well, this his charm, though? Yeah. Yeah, this is charm. Which is also oh, yeah, zero. Yeah, 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 he has a zero. Uh, well, Michael, I got bad news for you. It was a big old four. Hooray. I even tried to re-roll to see if I could get you something better just to start us all off better. And I uh, got a seven on my fifth one, but I got a two, a five, a four again, a three, and then a seven. Um, so I think that it's just going to have to be one of those little rolls. So here we go. On a miss, they ask you to do something bad. If you fail a mission or refuse an order, you'll be in trouble with the sect until you atone. Um, so this is going to go as such. We're going to open up this episode with you in the um now actually let's kind of figure this out where is your sect located i mean obviously it's in russia right but mm. where is their kind of like home base where where do they reside i don't remember uh we actually didn't define oh, that so that's, I, that's the magic of tabletop role-playing oh this is oh. the role-play part we're going we're going improv game here oh yes all right so let's just say it's in moscow then okay it's in moscow um, and is it kind of like a hidden in plain sight? Do you guys meet in different locations all the time? Is there some sort of secret, like underground lair? What, what's that situation like? Hmm. I would say it's a secret underground lair. Okay. Very nice. Um, and so then when you guys, uh, when you get a mission, are you called in with everybody or is it like kind of like a one-on-one meeting? One-on-one. Okay. And uh, the last thing that I'm going to put you on the spot for is what is oh, the good. name of your boss? Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> so you have to come up with another uh, um, Russian name. God. <laughs> actually, actually, let's just do that. It's like a code name. Nobody knows his real name. His name is just Rasputin. Okay, I'm going to call him Rasputin the Seventh. Fair enough. It's a, it's, it's like a, the title is passed down. 
Uh, and then you always have the number associated with it. Um, so oh, we uh, open up on Mikhail standing uh, kind of like at a doorway uh, before he is ushered in. And you sit down uh, in front of Rasputin the Seventh, and he and he uh, slides a folder, a dossier, if you will, across the table to you, and says to you, "This is a uh, next mission. You must go to America, bring back everything in the file." Yes, sir. Happy to. One more thing before you go. While you are there, you are going to find a contact. He contact, will help sir. you set you on the right path. And then you must ask him one question. And that question is, sir? The question is, at what time does the crow fly? At what time does the crow fly? I you answer. will know the right answer. If he give you wrong answer, you kill him. Yes, sir. And with that, you leave. So now we uh, open up on the next shot. Uh, high in the mountains of Grace Falls, which is right on the border of Montana and Canada, uh, there is a lovely little mountainside town where there's basically kind of like a ski lodge situation going on, right? You know, you have the, the gondoliers that take you from the bottom of the hill and bottom of the mountain all the way up to the top for people who want to do things such as snowboard, uh, uh, ski, all those sorts of winter sports. As you can tell, I am definitely very sportsy and athletic because I know all the winter sports. Uh, <laughs> those are the two. That's all that exists. Um, and so also at the top of the mountain, there is another kind of smaller town, um, like a kind of like a little small village, right? The At the bottom of the base, you know, you have normal lodging and stuff like that. But there's also like a happy, quiet little town. Um, well, I guess it's more of a medium size. And again, at the very top, uh, it's much smaller. That is more of a sort of resort area, if you will. Um, there are a total of 10 cabins up there and then one sort of larger. It's made to look like a wooden cabin, but instead it is really kind of a um, special resort uh, for people who are, you know, those rich white families that every you know private school has that's like, well, my mother says we can only go snowboarding twice this year. I don't know what we're going to do, right? You know, those, you know, snobby jerks. Anyway, um, so that's the of sort of area that that is. And that is where we find uh, the rest of our gang. Um, so we're going to move over to Buck next. Mm -hmm. Um, Buck. Yes. You were just given an assignment. And if you, if anyone here listened to the last arc, um, there's a moment in which we speak about Lucy, uh, getting her mission, right? You know, Lucy and Buck and, uh, Hank are all sitting around in the bunker when sort of little blips start to appear on the map. Yeah. And, uh, Buck sees... A location. It's the first one that pops up, and um, that's the one that you know Hank and Buck just sort of give a nod to each other, and Buck goes off silently. Um, well, to be completely honest, it was mostly just to get away from Lucy because at that point she was kind of just grinding my gears just a little bit. Yeah, Lucy has that effect on people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so you've uh, chosen to take this little um, this little mission up to Grace Falls. Uh, mm -hmm. now real quick, remind me of what weaponry that you have. I have on my person an assault rifle, a nine millimeter and a hunting rifle. Okay. 
Um, this is, you know, this will all, I think, sort of make sense later. I know that we have introduced the assault rifle um, within mm-hmm. the lore already. Um, yeah. But for the time being, um, you know, we're going to sort of basically pretend as if the other two are not on your person currently. Okay. Um, the idea of this show is that we're going to start introducing weapons and also kind of doing a little bit of a, the adventure zone sort of aspect, because I think that guns are just sort of slightly boring if you, if, if that's all you have, you know, so I yeah. want to start introducing weapons that will basically take the place of those other two, but will still have similar effects. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll use those sort of as a base. Okay. Um, so you can take your assault rifle and, um, Actually, I'll tell you what. I'll let you pick one of the other one of the two uh, to also have on you. I guess basically as a backup because I think everyone is supposed to have two uh, on yeah. them. Then I will bring the nine millimeter. Okay, perfect. Um, so you are heading up to Grace Falls, mm-hmm. and I would like to know when you first get there, um, what is the first thing that that Buck would do? If it's cold, he'd probably start complaining about how cold it is. <laughs> okay. Um, and so what does he do about that cold, though? Is, does he um, have something to sort of keep him warm? Like, how yeah, is he yeah, dressed he, for this event? Oh, well, see, he, well, looking at the map that all these missions came up on, he kind of figured it'd be a little chilly, but with, with his typical line of work, he typically hasn't gone to more of the snowy regions, but in his kind of quick, I, I need to get out of the bunker, like, he didn't realize how cold it was going to be so he really just has a kind of like a not really a light jacket not like it's a little more than a windbreaker it's got like some insulation inside of it because he figured it might be a little chilly but he gets out of whatever vehicle he's in and he's like ah damn it so yeah so Um, in terms of what's keeping him warm oh yeah no no go go ahead. ahead sorry yeah uh so in terms of what's uh keeping him warm right now he is kind of shakily like taking out a cigarette to light it and he's he like dropped his lighter and he's kind of like futzing trying because he just lost his lighter trying to find it's like damn it damn it fuck damn it damn it damn it so yeah he's currently um, futzing in the snow to try and find a lighter okay great we're gonna come back to you in a second i'm gonna try okay. and bounce around as much as i can in this one uh since we have four people uh in this one uh let's go to vera so you uh, are a spell slinger, and so how long have you known about your abilities? It's been a few years. I'd say like three or four. Yeah. Okay. Wow, sorry. One second. There's a very loud plane flying over my house. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but it's like oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah, we heard okay. that. <laughs> um, it's like it's that time of year where we're like directly in the flight, pl- flight path. Not plath. That's not a word. Okay, there we go. The fight plath. Is Michael going to sneeze? Bless you. No, I'm good. Okay. A lot of the times uh, if you say bless you, then they don't have to sneeze anymore. Okay. Um, so, you've known today. for a couple of years. How did it first manifest? I got really angry one time. And the next thing I knew, my body was, like, really hot. And then all of a sudden, there's a little ball of flame. In my hand. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, and so... Uh, there was another interesting thing about your character, um, that I enjoyed. One second, I'm actually bringing it up right now. Um, one of the cool things that you have is kind of like Garth, right? Garth has internet friends, um, but you're sort of known in different circles, right? 
Um, there are obviously people in this world who know that cryptids are real. People that know that monsters and such are are uh, are a thing. Um, and so one of the things that you had was its arcane reputation. Um, so there's uh, some groups in the supernatural community um, and uh, also some arcane groups. And so you can kind of pick a few. So I would say right now, let's go ahead and pick one. And which of those, like basically the one that you would go to when you first started to find this magic and you started to do research, you know, you wanted to find help with figuring out this power. Where did you go? Where, who did you look to? Druids. Mm, okay. And so where did you find them? Well, I found them when somebody accidentally caught me using a power in public. And they came up to me and they alluded that they saw me do it. And I was like, oh. But then they weren't like, oh my gosh, you're free. So then they were like, I can help you learn more about this because I can tell you're a newbie. And that's how it went. That's great. Give me one second. Real quick, make sure you're mining. Is it not on? So, uh, here is basically um, the reason that brings you to this town then. So, you know, you have been looking to... um, to figure out these powers, right? You know, this is still, even after only a couple of years, this is still pretty new. Um, you've met a few groups and organizations and some supernatural communities and have been uh, learning more. Um, and at this point, you already know your sort of wind abilities. Um, but you have also been given a mission. Um, there is a person uh, that you've been given you've also been given basically like a dossier in a way, right? It's just like, this is not so much of like a secret organization giving you a folder being like, go kill someone. This is more of just someone like, <laughs> listen, you know, you need help. Uh, this is someone that, that knows things. Um, you know, he's usually here, but he's been off training in the mountains. Um, and I think that this person can help you. So go find them. And so they give you um, just like a little, little mini f- you know, full, uh, file, probably just like in a Dropbox or something. And it's, uh, some contact information and stuff like that to find, um, this person to help you with, uh, learning magic. And he's going to teach you, um, the ability to use ice powers while you're up here in the, in the, in the, in the mountaintops. Right. Um, and so that's why you have been brought to Grace Falls. Um, so you arrive in Grace Falls, I don't know. Uh, how how long ago would you say? Like, how long have you been here looking for this person? Did you just get here? Have you been here for a month or so? You know, and have been slowly trekking out trying to find him. What you know, what's 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 her path looked like here? I got here a day ago. Yeah, and so I don't really know where to go. Right now. Mm. Okay. So where are you now? Are you on the top? Uh, you know, like, so are you at like the top of the where the gondoliers go, or are you at the bottom? I'm at the bottom. And somewhere on the mountain is this person I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Okay, and I have one last question for you before I move on to Noctis. <laughs> <sighs> I just 
dropped my pen on the floor. Sorry. Okay. Um. So the question was, uh, you. So where where are you going to start looking? Are you going to just kind of start trekking out on your own? Or are you going to ask around town for information? What's the What's your deal here? I'm gonna just do it on my own for as long as I can, and I'm just gonna start at the bottom and try to make my way up, okay. just to keep it systematic. Perfect. Um. And so uh, that's, I guess, where we find you currently, right? You're sort of, um, put, not putzing around, but you're kind of slowly looking around the town, right? You're trying to figure out what's happening, um, trying to get an inkling on an idea or a location for this uh, mysterious character that you've been given a name. We will reveal the name later, but for right now, it is a mystery. And that brings us to Noctis. Noctis, what brings you to the quaint little town of Grace Falls. I don't really know where... I'm just kind of wandering around. I don't really know where anything is or that that is what this town is. I'm just sort of wandering around and exploring. Um, I don't seem to need to sleep. And I have tried some food while I've been wandering and really into it. So at night, I break into kitchens at restaurants and stuff when they're all shut down and try and cook things. What so, was the first mostly, food that you tried? Uh, the first food that I tried was uh, I stumbled across uh, a bakery and I had pear and gooseberry tarts that I swiped out of their window display. And it was the most amazing thing that I'd ever experienced up until that point. So got very interested in food. And so, what kind of things have you been trying to cook while, uh, while breaking in and, well, you know, being a little bit of a food thief? I hope you're happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, started, you know, poking around and seeing and just sort of started with tasting things that people already had in their kitchen that was prepped before and, like, looking around and trying to find recipes. But now I'm getting more daring, so I'm doing, like sea salt egg roasted quail with a chocolate balsamic gravy and oh my um, <laughs> like beef cheek braised in red wine and juniper berries and okay uh, hold the phone that's that's way too specific to just come off the top of your head yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's, here's a quick question is this something that you personally have cooked or are you literally just like off the top of the dome listing things that you've tried before, like you as Lindsay have tried. Yeah. These are some of my favorite dishes to make. So. Oh, oh my okay. gosh. Cool. So first off, <laughs> wow. Little peek behind the curtain. You already make my life just like so difficult by being <laughs> in California and constantly posting the most amazing gelato photos. And now you're adding more food on top of this. Lindsay, what have I done well, to you to deserve this? <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. I based my character out of my own, you know, when I saw one of their personality <laughs> traits could be like a love of luxury food. I was like, oh, yeah, we can relate on that level then. That's right. my character. I, I forgot that that was a thing. I was like, man, that's like, I was like, where, where is she pulling this from? This is crazy. Um, but like, no, that's, that's such a good little thing. I think, especially for like a, a demon, uh, or is, is it technically a demon or it's just like, what, what is this? What? So obviously she's summoned, right? But what is she? Really? Is there a name for it? 
Uh, it does not give any specifics about whether they're a demon or what kind of creature they are. They are just a being that was summoned into existence as part of an apocalypse ritual. And actually, Noctis is, doesn't have a, a gender or a sex. So because they're not. Oh, that's right. That's right. They're not a. They're not a human creature. So that's right. Yeah. That I I think in my head because the, there was the whole thing of they have a human like appearance. In my head, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, so this is, okay, all right. Yeah, but they appear kind of androgynous. They don't have, right. like, a... Right, Okay, so, uh, so they are, so, so where, where are you now? That's, that's probably a good question to ask. So, within this, the town of Grace Falls, kind of a similar question. How long have you been here, and what have you been up to? So, I've been here a couple of days, and I've sort of looked around and checked it out. And I've, currently, I've snuck into the kitchen at the, like, high-end ski lodge, because I think they have the best array of, like, equipment and ingredients. So I've stuck in there a couple times this week, and I've snuck in there again because I have a new recipe I want to try. Perfect. And what's that recipe? Uh, Bastille, which is uh, this great Moroccan dish that is kind of like if a chicken pot pie and a funnel cake had a baby. Ooh. Oh, my God. Yeah. You take ground turkey with, um, like, parsley and saffron and all of these spices, and you cook it, and then you put it in a phyllo dough pastry. And when it comes out, you put um, almond and cinnamon and powdered sugar on top of it. Hey, uh, quick side note. You know we have a cooking show here on the Scavengers Network (laughs) called Taste Testers. Uh, If you'd be interested in making any of these things... Please let me know. Even though I still wouldn't be able to uh, taste test those items, that <laughs> sounds amazing. My mouth um, is it's, it's so good. It's just, it's incredible. Um, but yeah, sure. No, I mean, the, the beef cheek recipe takes three days, so I don't know. Oh my <laughs> God. That's, oh my gosh. That is so much patience. I was going to do something one time that required fermenting and I was like, no. <laughs> I can't do this because it was like, and then wait a week and a half. And I was like, no, I'm good. I can't. I can't yeah. do it. It's like two hours. No, the only thing that I'll give time for is like the family spaghetti sauce. Because that takes like eight to ten hours, you know, and that. But that's like that's an all day thing. But yes, it lasts forever. But uh, man, I am so jealous of these cooking skills. OK, sorry. <laughs> side side note ended. Um, so before the ad break here, we're going to see one last thing. Um, so basically currently what we have is, is two people sort of down on the bottom level, um, and one person on the top level of, of the mountain. Um, Mikhail, we are back with you and you have been, um, like helicoptered in actually uh, onto the opposite side of the mountain, um, along with, uh, just your sword and knife that you have. The gun was a little harder to smuggle, so, you know, you're, when you meet your contact, that is... And I know that sounds weird to say that, like, a small gun is harder to hide, but um, because of the way that magic and stuff like that works in this world, magically uh, imbued items like this sword and knife are easier to uh, keep away from the eyes of normal humans. So you are sort of trekking along through the snow, uh, trying to find um, some some folks, uh, and you come across when as you sort of 
trek through the snow for hours and hours. You know, we see a little montage of you, you know, kind of going through the snow. Um, one question before we get to the, the your your contact here. Um, is he listening to any music? Like, does he have any, like, little jams on, like, an iPod shuffle or, like, a Zune? Yeah, yeah, he would. What's he, what's he jamming out to? It's switching back and forth between good old Mother Russian Anthem. <laughs> just on, like, repeat, okay. and, like, for, it's and just, like, a 30 seconds, just, like, over and over and over. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just Russian National Anthem and Dragon Board. <laughs> okay um and uh all right so i i like that little image of like it just constantly going back and forth between these two songs i imagine that at some point someone said you know you can put more than two songs on this ipod shuffle and i guess your reaction was just like why <laughs> duh do not care <laughs> um no need uh and so you are kind of you know jamming out listen to your to your little uh to your little jingles and jams and stuff um, an anthem is not a jingle. No, well, it's a jam. But is it a jingle for a country? Is that like your ad? Like, I don't know. That's, anyway, that, that's, that's a, a moral question. question for another day. National What's branding? That? Oh, national branding. Ooh. That's very true. Um, so we see you finally come across uh, a different cabin. This is not a cabin that we've seen before. This is one that is sort of um, up into the mountaintops uh, a little bit further up. Um and it actually kind of is in a spot that is mostly hidden within the, the wooded area there. Um, but it does have a, a one little spot where you can kind of see the entire top town, right? So if you think about it right as in like three different levels, you're further up on the mountaintop here. Mm-hmm. Boop, 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 boop. And then right here, this is where the gondolier stops to, for, the, for the track, right? So it's just you're a little gotcha. bit higher up on the mountain. Um, and you can see the entire like spot where everyone meets up and goes down the things and the high end resort. Um, and uh, it is kind of like midday right now. Um, and you find uh, the door um, to your contact. Uh, so what do you do? What are you going to do here? Are you just going to knock or are you going to try and recon? What's what's your approach to this to, to this meeting? I would say even in the even in the bounds of this you know, very secretive organization. I'm almost trusting to a fault. I'm going to go up and knock on the door. Okay. Um, you knock on the door, and you hear a voice say, Um, who, who, who is it? Da, it is Michael. Oh, oh um, uh, Okay, um, just, just, uh, stay, stay right, uh, one second, and then you hear a whole bunch of crashing, and, you know, as he's, like, clearly running around gathering some stuff or what have you, and, um, the, the door kind of opens up a little bit, right, just like a peek, and you just see the eyeball, um, it is just gigantic, it is a normal eyeball, but behind, like, some Coke bottle glasses, right, this man clearly needs large lenses in order to see and he's like uh, um uh okay um how do i know how how do i know it's you before before i let you in um can you can you tell me uh who who sent you i was sent by rasputin 7 uh okay uh well you're one of the only uh, 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 people who would who okay uh yeah you know uh one one second and the door closes again and you hear the shuffling of multiple chains 
coming off and a couple uh, extra like weirder sounds of like intricate lock series and everything. And then finally the door opens a little and it's like, oh, c- c- come in, come in, come in, come in. Uh, uh, just, just come out, come on, come on in. Okay. And uh, the second that you're in, he quickly slams the door and puts on more locks. And he says, um, hey, okay, so listen, there is a, a problem. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I, okay, I don't know how to, how, how uh, 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 Mikhail, was it, right? Um, would you, would you like some tea? I've got some, some, some bad news, and I feel as if you're gonna want to sit down. Just tell me what is going wrong. Uh, okay, so don't freak out. I'm not your contact. Uh, your contact is, well, he's, he's kind of, um, missing? Missing. Yeah, that's probably, well, I mean, he's, to be honest, he's he's probably dead, but he's, um. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, (laughs) he's, he, he gone. Hey everybody, it's Colin Parker, your keeper, your pod boss, your best friend, and your boop 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 podcon boy. Boop, boop, boop. Uh, that's the DJ alarm and alert to let you know that podcon is just around the corner, and I mean quite literally. A little under 24 hours after this episode airs, I will be on an airplane heading to Seattle, Washington, and I don't really have an advertisement this week uh, with like our normal advertisers. I actually just want to take this ad break to super quickly let you know that we are going to be there, the network. Uh, Not every member will be there, but the people that you can find, um, both from the network and also from this show specifically, are as follows. Whitney and Lindsay Nelson, uh, the two from Historical Hotties, both of which who have now been in Myth Takes. Lindsay is in this episode. Whitney was in the first arc. You'll also be able to find from the first arc uh, Morgan, who plays Allie, You will also be able to meet me, of course, uh, and you will also be able to meet a few other fine folks from the network who are not on this show, um, but uh, you'll be able to meet them as well. Daniel Spencer, James Anderson, Rayanna Larson, and, of course, Elizabeth Nordenholt. All of us will be there at the convention. Most of us will be at the table at some point. Um... And uh, that is actually the reason why I wanted to talk about us at PodCon. We have a table. Uh, Not this show specifically, but the network as a whole. So please be sure that if you're at PodCon, please come check us out. We're mostly there just to have fun and to do a couple quick little collabs with as many people as we possibly can. Um, We've got a whole bunch of cool stuff going on. We've got a Create a Cryptid Corner. Uh, You can come out and design and uh, describe a cryptid that you have made up or a monster or whatever. And uh, the best one and or ones will get onto the show uh, in an episode. And of course, we'll also be using a lot of the names of people who participate as character names uh, in upcoming episodes and arcs. 
Also there, we will have a listening station, which was put together by our very own Morgan Spatola. Thank you so much for making that happen. Uh, you'll be able to listen to like little highlight reels of every show um, or, you know, little, little, uh, you know, good examples, I guess, for lack of a better term, of what every show is. Um, for Myth Takes, I believe the clip is the anonymous video from Spellbound. But I know that Spooky Spouses is sort of like little mini clips all kind of uh, put together with the little interludes and stuff like that. We're also going to have another thing related to Myth Takes there, which is two-minute adventures in Myth Takes. You'll be able to come by and fight a random monster, which will be determined by a dice roll. And then you'll get to name your character, how you fought or found the monster, and then you'll roll 2d6 to determine uh, how that fight goes. Um, and we'll be recording as many of those as we possibly can with people and putting that out somewhere. I mean, obviously, it'll be on the main feeds so that everyone can hear it. Um, I just don't know when and where, but we'll find a time and place for it. Uh, I am kind of hoping that other shows here on the network that will be there will kind of do a similar thing or some sort of little uh, mini mini episode creation. Uh, a lot of it comes down to what all of our personal schedules and wants for for different panels and such uh, at the convention. So we'll, we'll obviously be letting you know. So make sure to keep a close eye on the at scavengers net on Twitter to sort of get updates from us as to who's at the table at what time. I'm sure that if you're a fan of any of the shows that uh, people are there in attendance from, we'll be at the table at some point and we'll be happy to meet you and talk with you and whatnot. Uh, what else? I think that's it. I feel like I am missing something about the table, but of course my mind is blank at the moment. So I'm going to say for right now that that's it. And if there is something else, it'll just be a pleasant little surprise for all of us. I do apologize for Naomi's audio in the beginning. Somehow, after the sound check, we accidentally clicked the little button on her microphone and turned it off for the first, like, about 20 minutes or so. Um, I'm, I tried my best to sort of fix it up in post with uh, the other microphones, like Michael and myself, um, who definitely would have captured her, just not as strongly. Uh, not sure how it happened, but obviously we fixed it for the next episode as well. This episode is dropping to you on January 17th, which means that we will see you again on January 31st. Or if you're at PodCon, we'll see you this weekend. Again, can't say it enough just how excited we all are for PodCon. Can't wait to meet you all if you're going. And if not, we'll find another time to see you. As always, follow us on Twitter at MythTakesCast. Tweet about the show and you might find yourself having a character named after you, like a couple of the characters from the next two episodes and a few other names of people who will be in future episodes that we already have determined. Uh, so get to tweeting, and you'll get to hear your name on the show. Well, I think that that covers everything. And so now, back to the mystery. It is currently, uh, we're still sort of at midday. Noctis, we're going to come back to you first. Okay. So, because it is midday and there's clearly people in the kitchen that you would like to be in, how are you passing the time until you can kind of, you know, break in and do your little food thievery? Um, I'm kind of walking around the woods uh, on the outskirts of town, uh, just looking at things, and I find everything pretty fascinating. And I've found uh, this river that's kind of you know, iced over and has all of these great 
crystal ice formations. And so I'm just hanging around looking at them and like humming at different frequencies and trying to get them to resonate and stuff. Interesting. Okay. And is there a reason for, for trying to make that like resonate essentially, or, or is this just something to pass the time with? Oh, just when I saw them, I sort of made a sound when I saw the, you know, all the ice formations for the first time and I heard one kind of vibrate. So now I'm trying to get them to do it intentionally. I gotcha. And actually one last quick question, because I realized I forgot to ask this on the first one. Um, How long ago were you brought into this world? Um, don't have a real solid sense of time yet, but okay. uh, I, I, but I mean, I feel like a couple of of weeks, maybe. Okay. Okay. So Noctis is still kind of exploring a little bit. Has Noctis had any real kind of uh, interaction with 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 any humans at any point, or perhaps any cryptids of any sort? Uh, so far, the only time I've really had much interaction with humans is right after I was kind of like, uh, in my earliest memories, I kind of stumbled across a town and I didn't have any, you know, clothes yet or anything. And I was just kind of, and a bunch of people, you know, started screaming and chasing me and like throwing rocks and stuff. So I've kind of hung out on the periphery of, you know, human settlements a little bit. I've stole some, like my big coat and some clothes and I'm kind of lurking around, but I know that there's something about me that makes them like scared and aggressive. So I've mostly tried exploring the outskirts to try and understand, figure out some stuff that's going on. Um, you know, stealing books and, uh, I got a, like I said, I, I tried food pretty early on and got very interested in that. So that's been one of my main obsessions, but also just trying to like figure out the world and humans as being like a key feature in that. Gotcha. Okay. It's it's sort of around midday, but this is um, it's getting closer to the time of the sun setting, right? Um, we're I know I said midday. I meant to say like mid afternoon. Sorry. And uh, so the sun is starting to to get closer and closer to the to the horizon. Um, and you are in this wood wooded area. You're kind of killing some time um, when you hear. A sound behind you. Um, it is the sound of a branch snapping. Uh, what do you do? Uh, I turn towards the sound and kind of duck behind a rock, but I'm looking in the direction of the sound to try and see if I can figure out what made it. Okay. Um, it is at that time that we see a kind of, uh, not befuddled, but a kind of, I don't know why my words are failing me. It is. It is a man who is definitely upset um and it is michael michael is currently standing outside of the cabin he's walked away a little bit um he is thinking on all the information that he was just given and he is a little unsure of what to do next he has a mission and now he's not 100 sure on how to do it because if he comes back without a definitive answer he's going to be in trouble but also if the person's dead then He's kind of already got another answer there. So he's sort of off in the woods and he's um, muttering under his breath, mostly speaking in Russian. Every now and then a couple English words popping in. He has not seen you yet, though. What do you do? Do you keep your distance? Do you approach? What? What's What's your... What's your MO here? I kind of, I stay kind of crouched behind my rock, but looking over the top of it and kind of watching him and, and studying him, uh trying to 
figure anything out I can. Okay. Um, let's see. And then can you do me one roll here? Can you do an act under pressure for me? Uh, that is 10. Uh, I rolled a 10 and I have zero cool. So Okay. Um, well, then that's good. So you do what you set out to, which is basically duck behind this cover and stay out of sight. So Mikhail is still none the wiser. Um, and so we watch you sort of watching him <laughs> um, as he sort of works through all of his little information. And now, again, the scenes are getting shorter. So we cut over to... Let's cut to Buck. Buck. Yes. Uh, so what are you doing now? It's been a couple of hours you've been here. You're yeah. not 100% sure on what you're looking for just yet. So how are you, like, you know, especially if you are being split up from your normal team, um, how would you usually go about a hunt? How would you start to look for evidence and whatnot? As a very non-investigative person, it's going to take me a second to actually figure out what to do in an investigation. I think I would probably start looking for where, look, look, trying to figure out what would be kind of typical this sort of town or like this sort of the area that i'm in what seems amiss what seems kind of different at that time because like if i've never been there before i'm not going to exactly know what's kind of standard or what exactly typically goes on there so i guess i'd be looking for any kind of commotion any kind of like gatherings of people any kind of like loud noises or anything that just really contrasts with the environment so okay um, and so where about are you doing that? Is that like within the town or is that, um, in the area, like kind of like right where people sort of like come down from the mountain at, or are you going up to the top of the mountain? You know, like where, where are you starting said search? Yeah. Well, I mean, typically, uh, I feel like Buck would typically start like generally around where he would get into town. Right. But then okay. with, with a lot of the kind of cryptid things that he's seen they typically occur like typically either on the outskirts of town if it's like during the day or typically like anywhere at night so you saw uh, what time about did you say it was um right now it's kind of like mid to late afternoon right um okay a lot of these things are happening simultaneously like the sun at this point uh is starting to go down so like you know you've been start you've been you know, in your search now for a little bit. So, yeah. you know, I'm uh, I'm guessing, so, like, if you started in one spot, you know, like, where did you start and, like, kind of at this point now, where have you gotten to is maybe a better way to ask that question. Yeah, sure, yeah. So he started around, like, towards, like, the town center just to get, like, a lay of the land and kind of get an idea of, like, the structure of the town, getting some information on where he is, like, maybe checking, like, some kind of map or something. But now he's kind of started to work more towards towards on the outskirts of the town to see if there's anything that might be amiss around there because he hasn't really seen anything on the inside of town that might get his attention. So he's more going towards the – he's going towards the mountain at this point. Okay. Um, so as you're working your way towards the mountain, um, you come across a woman who is passing out uh, a whole bunch of missing posters and, su and such, right? You know, she's yeah. handing some stuff out, and a lot of people are just sort of passing her by and not taking them. The way you do, you know, on a street when you see someone handing out flyers of some sort and you're like, Ooh, I'm going to pretend like I'm on my phone or whatever, or I'm just going to keep talking to the person next to me. Yeah. But she's kind of crying and pleading. And the people of the town who do know her that aren't tourists are taking her seriously and yeah. have asked more questions and or are giving like, you know, some some words of, uh, you know, of, of, of understanding and everything like that. Um, 
and uh, she is asking people for help to find uh, her missing child. Okay. Um, it is her, her teenage son who is missing, mm-hmm. and uh, she's asking basically people to keep an eye out. Uh, what do you do? I go up and ask if ask what's going on. Okay. Um, so how does that sound? You know, be, why don't you be the one to kick off the conversation? Sure. Uh, excuse me, ma'am. Um, is everything okay? You seem kind of upset. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, it's, it's my boy. Mm-hmm. He, I told him, I told him that the mountains are just not safe at the time, uh, that, that, that night time. And he went out anyway. Do you, so he's missing. So do you know, so how, how long has he been missing? Three whole days, sir. Three days, three days. Do you know in what direction he, like, in what direction he went up to the mountain? She kind of slowly turns to look at the gondoliers and says, um, and says, uh, he and a bunch of his friends, they, they frequently slip out at night and, you know, they go up to the top of the mountain and sometimes they snowboard at night and sometimes they get into antics knocking over snowmen and stuff, but... This time, he didn't come home. Do you know where any of his friends might be? Well, one of them I haven't seen since he went missing as well. Okay. I'm assuming that they might be with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but his other friend, he's, he's somewhere in the town and he's not speaking to anyone. His parents won't let me see him and his parents say that he's real freaked out, you know? Understandably. Um, and she points down the street, like, you know, and she says, it's the, it's the one house on the whole block that has green, uh, blinds, uh, not blinds. What are those things called? Shutters. Uh, shutters. Yeah. Green shutters. I don't know why they have them. They're clearly plastic. Wood wouldn't keep in the snow, you know? Understandable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess it's just to look different. And she kind of breaks down crying a little bit. And um, she passes you um, a slip of paper and she says, um, please, uh, if you do see my boy, though, please give me a call. And uh, she walks off to hand off more of these. And so you see a slip of paper. Yeah. Um, and it says, if you see this boy, um, you know, please contact Jen at and then there's a phone number. Yeah. Um, the information for the boy is that he is a. 15-year-old boy who goes to the local high school, um, and he answers to the name of Jeffrey. Um, I just didn't mean to give him two J names, but Jeffrey and Jen. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey is the name of the boy. Jen is the name of the mother. Um, and uh, Jeffrey is kind of like a scrawnier kid, yeah. um, but no, like, no real strength to him. Um, and uh, he has a like a birthmark on his left cheek. Okay. Um, and that's all that we see of that. And then the last thing that we see, Vera, you are looking for the your your contact. Um. So where, uh, where are you now? Right within your search, have you been asking around the town at all, or have you? Because I know you said you were sort of working your way around to try and find this person on your own. But this is your. This is now your second day, right? Because you got there yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Um. So you know what? Are, where? What are the spots that you've already checked? 
that might be a good good place to start off. And then where are you now? I've just been kind of asking people who are walking around. And I went into an inn and I asked them. They didn't know anything. So I'm just kind of going on from there. Okay. Um, and so uh, we see you out um, now and it's getting later, right? Um, <clears throat> we kind of are now going back and forth between a whole bunch of different shots, right? Of, of you wandering around, of, of Buck wandering around. Basically, all four of you are all looking for something different, but you are all within, you know, a, a pretty easy to travel distance to each other. Um, and that is when the sun falls below the horizon. Um, there's just a very, very soft glow still left over the side of a different mountain further down. Um, but you can see the, the stars and the moon are now kind of coming out. And most of your light is coming from those. And uh, you, let's see, how far away from the town would you say you are right now? Or are you still in the town? Vera, sorry. <laughs> I'd say I'm like a half a mile away. Okay. Um, and so you're sort of kind of like a little bit ways up the mountain, but you're not a crazy amount because, um, you know, you uh, aren't on the gondolier or anything like that. So you're on foot tracking around, uh, searching for clues of this mystical being. When you hear a just terrible shriek um, from within the woods uh, in front of you, what do you do? Well, first I take a step back. Because what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and then I have to figure out if I'm going to go in there or <clears throat> mind my own business. Um, okay, so let's see. So you hear, while you're kind of trying to figure out what you're doing, you hear the shriek again. And then you hear another shriek, this time louder. This time closer, and instead of directly in front of you, it's now sort of like if you are looking at where the first source came from, and that's 12 o'clock, you now hear at about 2 o'clock, much closer to you, another shriek. Um, and uh, it is essentially responding to the first sound that you hear. Um, and as you hear that, you then hear a third one much further back and then you hear another one and it's much higher up on the mountain so you are starting to hear these shrieks coming from all over um some are close some are far um and uh the sun is getting lower and lower and lower what do you do i need to go figure out what this is so i go to the one that's at two o'clock okay um, so we see you start to wander in that direction. Mikhail, you are standing on the porch of the cabin. Um, and uh, you are looking out across the sort of the smaller town that's at the top of the mountain. And again, very frustrated, very unsure of what you are going to do. Um, your kind of like satellite phone almost kind of situation is in your hand, and you've gone to use it about seven times now. And every time you, you stop yourself because you're not sure 
do you call and, you know, admit that you're, that you may have already failed without being able to do anything? Like, you failed just because the, your contact or you, the, your mission died before you could even get there? Um, do you ask for help? Do you, you know, try and figure this mystery out? Um, and that's when you also hear the shrieks. Um, what do you do? I think at first, I'm going to pay no attention to it, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fox. I think it's some mountain, wildlife, whatever. Um, but then once the other ones come in, then I'm going to start to investigate. Okay. Um, so you start to kind of work your way down, and um, your fake contact, essentially, uh, opens the door. Um and he says to you, "Hey, um, I, I, I wouldn't uh, uh, look. I, I uh, w- wouldn't go. I wouldn't go out there if if I were you. That's that's what got him. That um, that uh, he went to investigate that sound, and that's why he uh, d- 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 didn't come back. Don't worry. I am I am well prepared for this." Once that sun is officially down, this door is not opening back up until the sun comes back up. So this is, I'm, I'm putting my foot down. This is, this is your last chance to get inside before you're on your own for a a very long time, uh, Mr. Mr. Dimitriov, sir. Again, do not worry. I am okay. Okay, and he just <laughs> quickly pops the door closed, and you hear all the sounds of the locks and chains going, uh, and you start working your way kind of down towards the little town. Uh, Noctis, the sun uh, again is getting closer to the to the uh, to the to the floor, essentially to the floor. What am I talking about? <laughs> um, to the horizon. Yes, uh, it is that situation where it's like every time we cut away. The, the amount of glow that you see on the on the sky right gets ever so smaller now it's it's barely lit um and uh you know it seems like most people are going home um uh, what what are you going to do because I would assume that the kitchen probably won't be closed for a, still probably a couple more hours at this point right but you know mm-hmm. are you still off in the woods or are you getting closer to town? Um, what's, what's your, you know, I'm basically trying to figure out where everyone is sort of working their way to. Mm-hmm. Um, as it starts to get darker, feel a little bit more comfortable moving closer to town. Um, and I've kind of found this vantage point, uh, in the trees near like downtown where I can kind of watch everybody come and go and do stuff. And I find that interesting. So I start making my way towards like that spot to kind of watch everybody go home at night before I, um, and so we see you just as the shrieks begin, um, some, you know, further down the mountain, then some kind of closer to your spot in the mountain. And then there's a few behind you. Um, what do you do when you hear those shrieks? Um, I 
think I start to move towards the one that sounded closest to me. Okay. Um, and so the last thing we see with Noctis is as they are kind of slowly going around the corner, right? Um, we see sort of behind Noctis as Noctis goes around that corner and there is something not that far off in the distance. It's like just at this edge of the trees and it is something that moves very quickly between the trees. It is mostly in shadows. Um, all that you kind of seem to grasp of, you know, a, a view of is something that is gray, um, but not the way that snow looks like this is very, very unappealing and very kind of almost like something decaying. Um, but you only see it for a split second and then it's, uh, kind of out of shot, but you hear, eye shot rather, um, and you hear the the trees rustling. And the last thing that we see is Buck. Buck, where have you gotten yourself to now? Uh, the shrieks have, have, have started or they've already sort of subsided at this point. Yeah. You know, basically we cut to you as the last shriek is heard. Um, and the sun is basically completely down at this point. Like at this point, there seems to be no, uh, glow of the sun, uh, left in the sky. Um, and you are standing at, in this little small town at the base of the hill. Um, what do you do? Um, about what time is it right now? Uh, let's see. What time would the sun go down around that time? Let's say it's like 8, 8.30 maybe. And are the shrieks typically, it, it sounds like they've been something that this town has been dealing with for a long time. Potentially. Uh, or do no, just on the mountain? It's it's basically just on the mountain. Um, however, like if if you, <clears throat> sorry, it's one of those things where it's like, there's definitely some people that have heard it before, yeah. but they've maybe never really dealt with it. Um, it's been getting worse recently, yeah. and now you start to see where like the few people who do hear it are kind of starting to kind of move with a little more hustle in their bustle. Yeah. Uh, to get off to their houses um, now that the sun has gone down. Mm -hmm. Um. But it, it definitely seems some somewhat foreign. Like this seems somewhat new to the yeah, area. Yeah. So I was gonna um, take a visit to the house that had with the other uh, teen who had gone with that uh, the other kids that had gone up the mountain. So I wanted okay. to see if I could talk to the kid. Okay. So you approach at uh, at that door, and, and actually, uh, do you knock or? Yep. Um. Actually, well, actually, yeah. Well, go ahead. No, no, sorry. Um, I was going to ask just because I wanted to get some, just fill, fill in some information before I potentially talk to them. Sure. Uh, so what, I'm assuming I got the family name, right? Uh, yes, it is. Is this the, the, the Bim Bambino podcaster's family? <laughs> no, uh, it's, um, let's go with, it was, the last name is uh, Holtner. Um, so it's the Holtner family. And... Uh, with our kind of uh, general organization, is there uh, any kind of, like, national sort of, like, fancy name that we've given it before? Because I know, like, the agency isn't really something. That well, that's the thing. So, um, I know that we've sort of discussed this a little bit, but you and I are from an agency that technically no longer exists, right? It got yeah. disbanded. Um, but 
you then shortly after did continue to work with the FBI for a little bit. Um, so, you know, maybe if you want to just sort of flash a badge real quick, yeah. you know, you can kind of get away with the fact that your badge is definitely like not really used anymore, you know? Yeah. For now, I would say, especially if we were going to use the old organization, no one would have ever heard of it. Okay. Because um, it was very secretive. So you probably wouldn't want to use that one because they would go, I'm sorry, that sounds made up. Yeah. <laughs> um, Technically so, yeah, it is. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's very true. Uh, so yeah, go f- go for it. Um, unless you have any other questions. Oh, nope, sorry. that's it. Okay, perfect. So you approach the door. Do you knock, ring the doorbell? What do you do? Um, is there a doorbell? Uh, there is. I am going to ring the doorbell. Okay. Uh, and you hear the sound of some people kind of like with, you know, kind of talking to each other in hushed tones on the other side of the door. Um, and you hear someone say like, um, Jesus, Francis, it's just someone outside of that. I don't care who it is. Don't let, don't open that door. Look, Francis, I'm just saying like, it's not that big. And so like, they're kind of going back and forth and you can hear that they're definitely arguing about whether or not to open the door. Um, what do you do? Um, uh, hmm. I might, uh, well, would it be rude to ring the doorbell again? Because, like, if I, I'm sure I can hear them. No. No? Okay, I'm No, g- that's fine. You can, you can ring the doorbell. I'm going to ring the doorbell can... again. Yeah, I'm going to ring the okay. doorbell again. So you, you ring the doorbell, and, you know, the, the arguing sort of ceases for a second. There's kind of a pause, and then finally the door opens, but again, someone opens it with sort of just a peek. Yeah. Um, and you hear kind of a, a, a deeper voice go, um, can, can, I, can I help you? Hi, uh, is this the Holtman residence? Uh, my name's Buck Harrison. I'm from the FBI, and I flash a badge. And I'm investigating the recent disappearance of uh, two teenagers in the area. I was in... Um, yeah, look, uh, we... we, we uh, listen, uh, now's, now's, now's not a good time. Um, you can come back. Um, why don't you come back in, in the morning? Um, the, now's, uh, now's, now's not a good time. Thanks. And he closes the door. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I um I probably wouldn't mm, trying to think if Buck would have like kind of slipped his foot in the door, but then he doesn't really know these people, and that wouldn't be. It's like, uh, sir, unfortunately, uh, this this is uh, pretty important right now. If you could just, uh, if I could just talk with you for just a little bit longer. Um, and then you hear a shriek. Um, and. It is uh, kind of just on the edge of town. Um, yeah. And you suddenly hear the door unlock. Yeah. And the man says, okay, look, if you're going to come in, you got you to come in right now. Yeah. Okay, I go inside. Uh, okay. And the door slams shut, and you hear all the locks. And uh, one last time, we cut back to Vera. Vera, you are now in the very dark woods. The shrieks have sort of subsided. Every now and then you kind of hear one, but it's, you know, they seem to have mostly gone quiet. The less amount of people that have sort of been out and about within the town, the less shrieking you hear. Um, but uh, you still hear some sort of shuffling in the woods. Um, 
and this time you hear a very definite, you know, like like rustling of, of tree limbs and stuff like that, uh, immediately to your right. Um, like within a good stone throw away, like we'll say 10 yards away from you, what do you do? I prepare to attack. I mean, I don't know what's there. Don't mess with me. <laughs> sure. Um, and so you kind of strike whatever, you know, pose that you would or, you know, kind of gather yourself the way that you would before you use your your magic. You hear the sound of a cigarette kind of having like a deep dra- uh, drag on it. And you hear, I wouldn't do that if I were you. In fact, I would stay right there. It's dangerous to move after dark. 